Hey, Daw Nation, my name is Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to episode 7 of Behind the Daw, where we interview artists, music producers, music industry experts, people of that sort, on an emotional, philosophical, artistic, and music business basis. So thank you for coming through. Hopefully you enjoy this episode, and, and I'm going to introduce our special guest here in just a moment. But really quick, I got three things for you. Thank you so much to our patrons who support us every single week. And if you want to become a patron, you also get access to the In The Dot and Behind The Dot patron-only community. It's a private community. Are you serious? It's amazing. We moderate it, so there's no spam, no people taking advantage of each other. It's just sharing tips and tricks, sharing the newest news in the music industry. You can collaborate with each other. You get a behind-the-scenes look on In The Dot and Behind The Dot. You also get special priority with suggesting people to come on the show. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and click the link down in the description for the Patreon. Next thing on the list has to do with suggestions, which is if you want to suggest someone to come on the show, whether it's to be interviewed on In The Daw or Behind The Daw, there's a link down in the description. Go ahead and click on that. And finally, there's a link in the description for private lessons. If you want private lessons in electronic music production or social media marketing, I'm your guy. Go ahead and click on that link in the description. So who do we have today? We have Thrilogy. Now, who is Thrilogy? You might not have heard of him, but you should hear of him. He's amazing. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. In this episode, I do have Amity, who was on episode two of In the Dawn Behind the Daw, but I have Amity on the episode with me. He's going to be helping me interview Thrilogy, but what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about, do you need to move to LA to be successful in the music industry? It's a good question. Needs to be answered. It will be answered. Next thing we're going to talk about is is going to school instead of pursuing your passion the better thing to do? We're going to talk about it today. We're going to give you our opinions, our logic on the subject, so stay tuned for that. Number three, the other thing that we're going to talk about is how do you define true success in the music industry? Again, we're going to be talking about that, so stay tuned for that. If you are liking these episodes and really helping you on your music journey, go ahead, follow, like, comment, repost, subscribe, whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you are listening on, whether that's SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Deezer, YouTube, whatever you're listening on, it doesn't matter. It just helps us grow, helps us know that what we're doing is legit. If you have feedback, go ahead, put it on those particular platforms. We look at everything. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Daw. And without further ado, I want to introduce you to Thrilogy. I want to welcome John Devonport to Behind the Daw. This is probably episode seven. Welcome, John. It's good to have you here, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. John, tell us a little bit more about you. Where are you from? So I'm from Alaska. I lived there for 18 years before I moved to Utah. That's awesome. You've been in Utah for about six years? Mm-hmm. So what are you doing out here? Are you just working? Are you with family? Or? Right now, I'm really hardcore pursuing music. I still have my day job. That's awesome. What do you do for sales? Just sales. Sales? Yeah. Which company? But right now, I'm working for North Star. That's awesome. Do you yeah. enjoy it? Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. So is it is a, a good job to have to like basically take you physically and then leave your mind mentally so you can come back and like make music the rest of the day? Absolutely. It's one that you don't really have to worry about when you're not at work. Gotcha. So, that's yeah, really it's awesome. perfect for that. And so you go by Thrilogy. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Where'd that come from? Um, that's funny because I actually, uh, I wanted my whole theme as an artist to be based on the rule of three. Have you ever heard of that? No, tell me about it. So basically the rule of three is, is kind of... 
it's just kind of like something that happens throughout like history, literature, you know, comedy, any sort of like like religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, like religion, you have like the God, the Son, and the oh, Spirit. I see, I you know, see, uh-huh. when it comes to music, you generally have three parts to a song: A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. When it comes to literature or like comedy, it's generally like the third stanza is the punchline. I see. Or, you I know, see. You see, does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's just throughout history, three is a very significant number. So mm-hmm. I, was, I always thought that was really cool. So that's kind of what I wanted my theme to be based around was the rule of three. Cool. And so Trilogy, the name itself actually just came from me talking with my brother. I was like, man, I, I really want something like that. And I was like, something like Trilogy. And then he was just like, well, what about Trilogy? So I was like, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I can't really take all the credit for it. That was gotcha. my brother. But. <laughs> but no, it's cool that you actually have a story behind it. Yeah. So how did you, so I, I've seen your branding before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, uh, like I'm looking at your hat right now and it has Thrilogy on it. It's really cool. And then I've also seen like, you know, like your cover arts and all that kind of stuff. I really like, I really like your cover. I like, I like your branding a lot. You know, you have some pictures of you playing at Sky here in Salt Lake and this is just amazing what you got going on. How did you go about branding yourself like that? I thought that was really cool. I really, really like colorful branding. I think for the most part it sticks in most people's minds if it's more colorful Mm -hmm. but also I really like the color purple and so that's kind of been like my theme I Mm -hmm. feel like. I try and and stick to that color for most of my artwork. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah I just, I really wanted something something bright, something colorful, a little bit abstract. I I love just really abstract kind of almost emotional Mm -hmm. cover art and so all of the cover art that you see is all, it's all done by me. I don't have any like graphic designers that I use so. That's awesome. It's it's good because it kind of helps it, help, it helps me like come from the heart basically. yeah that's awesome so you just do that in photoshop or illustrator or something yeah that's fantastic mm-hmm. that's incredible i forgot to mention my co-host here which is amity also known as nolan lee atkins one of my really good friends say hi nolan hello <laughs> you got any questions for him so far no i'm enjoying your questions cool you're that sounds great. good all right so tell me a little bit about where trilogy is right now you know you're performing at one of the biggest venues here in uh in uh in utah which is sky they got a big you know quite big names coming through slander uh, res, you know, set the sky, you know, people like that. So, I mean, like, how's, how's things going with Thrilogy, Thrilogy Project? Well, obviously, um, as far as where I am in the music scene, I'm, I, I'm not quite where I want to be. I don't think that, you know, anyone never will be quite where they want to be. Yeah. Uh, but things are starting to roll really fast. Awesome. And and it's exciting. Yeah. Um, I just got booked for Get Freaky. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be playing my first festival here pretty soon. I have a song coming out on a record label. Things are things are picking up a lot, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. That's, a, that's fantastic, dude. So let's say you know, within the next year, where do, where do you think the trilogy project is going to be in the next year? Well, um, it's funny that you asked that because I I spent like five years trying to kind of make my way in the music scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, what I was doing was I was just kind of making music, just kind of getting good at the production side, and then I just kind of post it online and be like, you know, why yeah. isn't anyone listening to my sure. stuff? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really understand the business aspect of it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once I finally did, that's when the fastest progression started to happen. I mean, I went from never even really playing a show to getting booked for my first festival in, in a span of a year and yeah. so um, I'm, I'm hoping by next year who knows the sky's the limit I, I'm hoping to, to not be where I'm at right now I'm hoping to have played you know more festivals and more yeah. shows and developed a bigger following hopefully have more stuff out on record labels and no that's fantastic yeah. that's awesome do you have any aspirations to p- perform at DOS Energy I would love to do that yeah awesome. absolutely think you're gonna do it next year <laughs> hopefully I, w- I would love to um, I was surprised that you weren't this year you know what I mean <laughs> to be honest just I've seen, I saw some of the lineups on the locals, and don't get me wrong, some of the locals are really, really good. But I kind of feel like you, knowing them and knowing you, I kind of feel like you're a little bit further ahead. So yeah, please do it. <laughs> well, just because of how fresh I am in the in the Salt Lake music scene, I, mm-hmm. it didn't.
didn't really surprise me that I wasn't playing for DOS Energy, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, now that now that I've, I've gotten booked for Get Freaky, I think I think things will start moving a lot faster now, and hopefully I'll develop that relationship with V2 a little bit more. And, mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. So here's a here's a question, and I'm really glad to have Nolan here. So Nolan here is he's he's from Los Angeles and from Orange County. Okay. So you know, in in our specific, I, I know you, you know as far as like what kind of music we all make, I'd say that you two are pretty similar. I'm I'm a little bit different from you guys, mm-hmm. but we're all within the electronic music umbrella. Yeah. You know what I mean? So within our own electronic music umbrella, it's usually push very, very hard for us to move to Los Angeles or New York mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean, somewhere where it's just like a music mecca, you know what I mean? So I find it interesting that you're getting into the Salt Lake scene. Why so? Well, um, <laughs> it's actually funny that you say that because recently, probably about a year ago, I, I won a remix competition uh, mm-hmm. competition through Wavo Records. Oh, dope. It's for a song put out by Caps Lab, do you know? Capslap. Brandon was telling us about this. Um, yeah. I, I personally don't know him, but he said Capslap is pretty big, right? Yeah, he is really big. He he started out as a as a mashup artist, and mm-hmm. then he kind of went into doing his own stuff. That's awesome. Okay. He's really good. He's amazing. He's uh he's pretty big in the LA scene right now. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I wasn't really anywhere in the Salt Lake scene, and I kind of got to pick his brain a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, the, the number one thing he kept drilling into my head was, you need to move to LA. You need to move to LA right now. And I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of like starting to develop a little bit of a local following. He's like, it doesn't matter. You need to you need to come straight to LA because that's where the connections are mm-hmm. and so ever since then I've kind of like my overall goal has been to head to LA eventually but right now just with how things are moving in the Salt Lake scene because think like they're picking up for me here I would hate to just drop everything and go to LA I see so I'm kind of torn <laughs> no, no, no no that makes sense yeah. No. yeah no that makes sense what what do you think do you think someone should start a new scene outside of LA or do you feel like as a general rule someone within our umbrella needs to go head out there so yeah, usually, like, people in L.A., they obviously think that L.A. is, like, the scene. And it is, like, a huge scene. Like, every single genre is pretty much accepted. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it's mainly, like, bass and trap music. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, I see what you're doing, you guys are doing out here, and I, like, I'm kind of jealous. I'm like, really? this is great. Because, like, L.A. is, like, seriously the one of the most oversaturated markets. And it is ridiculously hard to get gigs there mm-hmm. because there's thousands and thousands of DJs and producers in one city mm-hmm. like here I feel it's a lot more spread out so you have more of a chance yeah mm-hmm. yeah the competition there is insane but yeah. but yeah so here like it might be good to just stay in kind of because the music scene is growing here in fact it's yeah. growing really really fast and a lot Insanely. of that has to do with V2 yeah I um, agree no I've definitely seen that for sure yeah, yeah so it might just be good to stay here and ride the wave I don't know. it makes sense you know I, I've i noticed this uh, that Denver is kind of becoming the new LA do you know who AU5 is oh, he's like one of my bigger inspirations okay. he's a really good guy so AU5 Fractal the new fractal is mm-hmm. Elenium said the sky subtact <laughs> frequency you know like all those guys are out in Denver and I didn't know that Denver yeah. in, in in a pretty lights is out there the, the, the list kind of goes on and I kind of feel like the concept was the same for them as it is for us here in Utah you know what I mean where it's like I could go to LA and be a you know small to medium fish in a very large pond or I could stay where my roots are maybe save a little money because the cost of living in LA is insane and yes. you know kind of be the big fish in the the small to medium pond mm-hmm. you know what I mean exactly and now they're killing it. You know what I mean? Freaking Fractal, he's a DJ for Enrique Iglesias. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, AU5, he's, he's absolutely incredible. He's and so, good. Exactly. And so, I don't know. To me, just at first glance, you're out in LA, which is dope. You were born there. You have you have a following there. You're doing out there. To me, I would say that arguably the smarter thing would be for you to stay out there. You have a following. Yeah. You're comfortable out there. You know what I mean? You kind you got a really good setup. I mean, you got Hannah, which is his girlfriend. Shout out to <laughs> Hannah. You know? Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> But you, you know, like you, you're getting in with V2, you're getting in with all this, you know, you're creating a following. I don't know. It's me. I honestly think you're setting a, yourself up pretty great. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like I like I'm not like putting this anything against you, but like say if I was moving to LA from somewhere, mm-hmm. it would just be a lot harder than like staying where you were. I so yeah. I, I think staying here would be a great. I agree. Idea. Even even just on a financial situation or, or, or financial uh, uh, standpoint, you know what I mean? Because like what you're paying for rent here in this in this house, you will live in Compton out yeah. there. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so you know maybe saving a lot of money. Also, so this is something that I noticed, especially everything I'm doing right now with Multiplier, exactly what we're doing right now. For me, stepping away from like the party scene, the, the LA culture, the you know, whatever, and like moving to St. George, which you know is smaller even than Salt Lake. Yeah. I got my internet chops up like insanely. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I learned how to do... You are insane. <laughs> I'm insane. <laughs> and so, you know what I mean? Like I learned how to do social media marketing. I learned how to contact people through email, you know, and like really, really well because I was forced to. Yeah. That was my only decision. You know what I mean? And so I think you're doing a great job personally. Francis Terrell, do you know Francis? Francis Durrell. Yeah. Okay, so he just moved back from LA, right? Yeah, exactly. It, exactly, and he's doing fantastic. He's one. I don't know. Is he playing main stage this year? I think he is. Yeah. Enough about us. Enough about Francis Durrell. Yeah, I kind of want to bring it back to you. Yes. <laughs> um, so I have a question. So, like, how did you tell me about your life? Like, how did how did you? Where were you before music? And like, how did you get into it? Growing up in Alaska, I lived out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. pretty much out in the woods, <laughs> and uh, we always had a piano in the house. You know, my parents were they pushed us to. They pushed us a lot to be musical. They wanted us to, you know, kind of be creative. Mm-hmm. They always kind of pushed that. And so that's something that I was super grateful for. Um, they put me in piano lessons when I was four or five years old. And oh, back that's then, incredible. Back then, I hated it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Don't we all? Yeah. yeah. All of us. Um, but it kind of it kind of just started that, kind of sparked my interest. I kind of started just messing around on the piano. I would I would kind of figure out uh, melodies and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I, I started to learn to be able to play by ear. And that was something that they hated because uh, they... <laughs> They wanted me to sit down and and just really learn how to read music, which I just I never could. To this day, I still can't. Yeah. you know, sight read and mm-hmm. play a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of us can. <laughs> and they'd always tell me they'd say, you know, you know, if you don't if you don't learn to read music, you're not going to make it in the music scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, just, I just like kinda, hardcore falls. By the way, hardcore, hardcore. I wanted falls. to prove them wrong, yeah, so that's yeah. why. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For the longest time, I played piano, and then I started playing drums when I was in fifth grade, okay. played guitar when I was in sixth grade, from then just kind of picked up like different instruments, started singing and stuff like that. So it's, I've always been very musically inclined. I love, I love piano. Piano is one of my favorite instruments. And That's so, awesome. yeah, I just love creating my own melodies and songs on the piano. And, uh, and that kind of led me to want to start a rock band. At the time, I was really, really into like 90s grunge, cool. um, Linkin Park style music. That's awesome. And so I, I, I tried starting a rock band in Alaska, but obviously there's nothing, you know, no connections there, yeah, no nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of futile. Um, what so, was the population of the town that you lived in, by the way? Oh, gosh. So the town, I can give you the population of the entire valley because the town is <laughs> it's so spread out. Uh, it was probably about 500 people. Wow. My graduating <laughs> class had 18 people in it. I didn't even not live. about you. That's kind of about Wyatt as well. Yeah. I, I had 66 in my graduating class. Nice. Mine was big compared to you. Where was that? Where I was, was in Gunnison. It's like down by Mansi. It's okay. like literally... Compared to you, it's not the middle of nowhere, but it was the middle of nowhere for me. It was literally, we lived on top of the hill in the middle of the woods, just wow. out, out in the middle of Alaska. Probably like 20 miles from the nearest town. That's crazy, dude. 200 miles from the nearest city. So yeah, like, uh, music was a lot of my entertainment. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, uh... 
didn't really have a lot to do. Like I was pretty outdoorsy. I like snowboarding, stuff like that. But mm. gosh, music was really what got me through my childhood. It That's was just, awesome. it was always there. And so, so when I, when I finally did come to Utah, my brother convinced me to come here and he, he kind of pointed out that music, that Utah had a, a growing music scene. So mm. I was like, okay, well maybe I'll go to Utah and start a rock band. Mm-hmm. So I came to Utah. I joined this band called Addison Escape Device and we actually did pretty well. We, we, we uh, played all over Utah. Sounds really familiar actually. Uh, yeah. So it, it was, it was super fun. I had a great time. I drummed. I was a, I was the drummer. Mm-hmm. And then that ended up, you seem like a drummer. Just like looking at it. Like you seem like a drummer. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> well, it could be the drum set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I was in that band for a while and then we ended up breaking up because the lead singer moved to Idaho. And then from then on, I just, I tried starting my own band that I wanted to be the lead, but it just, it was so hard. You know, bands are, are one of the hardest things to do because of scheduling and, you know, musical taste. You got different personalities, different personalities, yeah. uh, it, different passion levels, you know, yeah, exactly. it didn't end up working out. And so by that time I had FL studio on my computer. I don't even know why it was just on there. Mm-hmm. I think like my teacher in school had like recommended it to me. Interesting. So I kind of like started really, really getting into the producing side of it. Um, I really loved dubstep at the time. I was, I was way into seven lions and that was kind of the main thing. I was, I was like, man, I want to figure out how to make this type of music. So, That's so cool. I started looking into it, started just watching YouTube tutorials, you know, just figuring it out. And, uh, yeah, eventually I just, uh, kind of got to where I am today. It, it took me about five years of like really just kind of messing around writing music. And then, yeah, that's kind of what got me to where I am today. That's awesome. Yeah. So another question, did you ever want to be anything else than a musician before you are who you are now? Um, that, that is a good question. Cause I, I have wanted to be a successful musician ever since I was probably about 10 years old. Oh, wow. Like okay. it has been a, it has been a dream ever since I was a kid. There's been a couple other, you know, fallback plans for me, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I, I, when I went to college here, I went to college to be an auto mechanic. I was like, did you go to UVU? Yeah. When did you go there? Oh, it was like, I was like probably 2012, 2013. We went to school together. That's cool. Did we? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, keep going. Um, yeah. So I, it's funny because I, I always had this idea. I was like, all right, well, I want to, I want to be a successful musician, but obviously I realized it's just it's next to impossible. You know, I, I had this kind of like mental block, which was my fallback plan. I was like, if, if music doesn't pan out, I'll be a mechanic, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mechanics are always needed. You know, it's mm-hmm. a job that'll never go out of business. So I started going to school for that. And eventually like it took me years to get to this realization, but I was like, if, if I really want to be successful in the music scene, there cannot be a fallback plan. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I stopped going to school uh, for that. And then I, I just focused everything on music. And once I kind of like had that paradigm shift, I've gotten way farther than I had the entire time, you know, in two years and I had in like the four years previously. That's, so, that's incredible. Yeah. On, on the concept of uh, music education, how have you learned a lot of it? YouTube tutorials, uh, friends, or you know what I mean? Um, well, I was always in like high school band. I learned a lot of music theory. We kind of had this really eccentric band teacher at the time who mm-hmm. he was, he was a genius, but kind of a little odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind as of one most, of those guys. Yeah, as most, most musicians <laughs> Yeah, are, exactly. Right? <laughs> um, and he, he was brilliant at music theory and he taught me a lot uh, of what I know today. But honestly, I think I think the majority of it just comes from the fact that I started so young. Like mm. a lot of it, I just kind of picked up naturally. I'm, I'm super glad that I started with piano because it kind of it kind of helped me segue into drumming and guitar yeah. and stuff like that. So now every time every time I think in like you know chords or any any key that I think in, mm-hmm. I always think in terms of piano keys. It just kind of sure. how I envision it. So which is genius. Yeah. So it's it's it was perfect. I'm I'm really glad that my parents started me in piano lessons when I was like four or five years old. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So. 
as far as like on the production side, where did you more so learn that? YouTube tutorials? Yeah, that was basically YouTube tutorials. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have any schooling. It was all just, I just kind of like dove in head first and kind of figuring stuff out on myself. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a lot of it was just YouTube tutorials. Man, I I love that. Because Nolan and I here, we went to Icon Collective. I I guess technically I'm still in Icon Collective. And for me, because like basically, you know, Icon Collective is basically like taking some of the best tutorials in YouTube and just like sharpening them up and giving them to you in like a platter. Yeah. On a platter. You know what I mean, basically? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's basically like, here's the best information, you know? And so the best information does exist on YouTube. But as you found out, for every like five bad tutorials, you found a really good one. Mm -hmm. You you know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that you are where you are by doing that is incredible. That's really, really awesome. Because you can (laughs) can basically sift through the crap, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That takes a lot of dedication because like, I can't do the whole online thing. Yeah, man. It's hard. It's hard. It's definitely hard. But It is hard. Because yeah, he was on ground. And so you were able to be face to face and talking and asking questions where we, you know. That would be awesome. And there's, dude, there's still so much I don't know. And that's why every day I kind of, it is kind of a constant battle of whether I should go back to school or not. But I don't know. Just, I would say like not to a regular college because it's so, so no, not not at all. I went to a regular college for (laughs) for music. It was awful. No, it's, it's, it's it's a horrible idea. (laughs) Here's how you record fully. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no. No, no. (laughs) The only, literally the only education that I would encourage you to go back for as far as like in a traditional school is for business because Hmm. you need business. You know what I mean? And so if you could go to, what's it called? If you could go to UVU and take a couple classes, sure, why not? You know, it's only going to help you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It could help streamline the process. But other than that, I kind of agree. Unless, uh, I'm not saying Icon's bad. If you want to go to Icon, go by. It's freaking awesome. If you can afford it, go for it. But but nevertheless, back to you. Um, (laughs) So tell me about this track. Tell me more about the catalyst because, you know, we 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 took a listen to it here in, in, in your room just a couple minutes ago. It was awesome. I think it's absolutely incredible. Tell, tell us a little bit more about that. So, the catalyst. That's funny because uh, that was that was written at a very uh, kind of like an unstable point in my life. Interesting. I I kind of was having a lot of doubts about music at the time, but mainly I, I had kind of I had just gotten out of a three year relationship with this yeah, girl that yeah, I thought yeah. I was going to marry. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. And uh, so the catalyst. It's it was a very emotional song for me, and uh, it kind of I called it the catalyst because it kind of like I kind of like had to do a lot with with some stuff that happened that I feel like was for the best because it was it was kind of the catalyst to opening the door to to music so um, for, for those me. who don't know what a catalyst is what is a catalyst a catalyst is just kind of a basically it's it's a tipping point mm-hmm. like it's it's like a an event or something that happens that basically changes changes mm, I see what you're saying so is it kind of like the the straw that broke the camel's back exactly okay, yes cool. that's the catalyst gotcha yeah. like a one event that like <laughs> yeah you know what I mean that you can look back on and be like that event was the reason all of this yep. happened kind of okay just a very significant moment that changes you know gotcha history. gotcha gotcha um, which makes sense where you were emotionally because you just you, know, you broke up with a girl and everything yeah yeah and so so that's why I uh, I kind of that's why I called it the catalyst and that's kind of like the, the intention that I had when I when I wrote it but it's really funny because that song itself has been a lot of the catalyst that's gotten me to where I am today because mm. if it wasn't for that song I wouldn't have I wouldn't have ever gotten booked to play at Sky I wouldn't have ever gotten in with V2 mm. um, so it's <laughs> it's it's really interesting how that worked out but yeah so it's just kind of at a, a very emotional point in my life kind of after everything went down I, I came home that night and the first thing I did was I came home and I recorded that vocal just so that was your vocal in that yeah it was my mm-hmm. vocal just kind of you know turn on the microphone and just said the first thing that came to mind and <laughs> just mm-hmm. kind of became the hook for that song yeah and I was just you know the, the song the feel of it is very kind of it's kind of dark kind of you know almost almost sad but then at the end there's kind of a point where it, it, it changes into uh, a major key and I wanted that to be kind of like you know 
know, maybe there is, maybe there is hope, you know, mm. maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of where, where that song came from. I have a prediction about this. So I'm going to ask this next question, but I have a prediction of what your answer will be. So I bet when it came to you writing this song, I bet that when you were writing this song, you weren't doing it for a specific, you know, like I want to write this song to get on this record label, or I want to write this song to get this many views or whatever. It's like, you were truly, you were in that state where it's like, I feel something. And mm-hmm. the only way that I can get this feeling out is if I put it into my music. Yep. I don't care about the trends right now. I don't care about how the branding is going to be. I don't care. I just want to get this out. Right. Is that, is that correct? Yep. Exactly. Cause Perfect. I'm honestly, I'm not an emotional person. <laughs> I just don't really, I don't really share my emotion a lot. And so mm-hmm. I kind of tend to bury it in my music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, that, that song just literally had nothing to do with, with the style or like, you know, what, what the trend was. I feel like a lot of times, you know, I kind of feel like pulls to, to kind of cater to mm-hmm. the local scene. Like Salt Lake right now is very bass heavy. It's very trap and dubstep heavy. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Uh, right? And so I, mm-hmm. I, a lot of times I'm tempted to just, just write that style of music just so I can kind of cater to the local mm-hmm. scene. Um, but that song had nothing to do with that. I just, I came home. <clears> I, I was, you know, I had some emotions that I felt I needed to get out and just poured it into that song and that song happened. And that was crazy. I think you're honestly like why you're getting booked and stuff is because you're sticking out. You're yeah. not following the trend. You're really doing what you want to do. And I think that's great because that's honestly in the end rewarding you even more because you're feeling more accomplished because it's something that you feel is natural to you and you're getting these gigs and all this great response from them yeah which must feel great right it does it feels awesome (laughs) i know that um quite a few people uh they they hate to state one genre that they produce but if you were to state one you know an overarching genre of what trilogy is what would you say well uh i went into it with the intent of of creating melodic dubstep but it actually kind of turned more into future bass okay so here's my thing right now so arguably you know uh maybe not in the the utah scene and maybe it's a little bit dying out right now but Future bass was kind of the the big trend for a minute, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Even if it is the trend, I feel like because it resonates with you, you will stick out from the trenders, if you will. You know what I mean? Even if that's what's hot right now or or whatever, because it's something that you truly enjoy and you're putting emotion into it. Because you you do. We we listen to the song. And before you even said anything, I had a theory of what was going on because you put that energy into that song. You know what I mean? So even if Future Bass is the trend or, I don't know, what if next month it's Caribbean ping pong trap, right? You know, and you just that just resonates with you you know what i mean that's the trend it doesn't matter you know what i mean because it resonates with you if you don't want to make bass music if you don't want to do uh, what was the trend like a mini trend a couple months ago or a couple years ago that what, what does jaws make uh, bass house yeah was that like yeah. a kind of a big trend just like it was like overnight kind of a thing mm-hmm. you know like if, if if you wanted to make bass house then dude freaking do it you know what i mean because you will stick out and you will put a certain type of energy and a certain type of emotion in it. I can listen to a song. I get songs sent to me because of, I'm doing this for the Multiplier song, right? Or for the Multiplier uh, YouTube channel. I get demos sent to me all the time. And when I listen to them, I can tell where the energy is. I can tell if someone just wants to be famous or if they just want to get on the YouTube channel. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think it's awesome. So what, what, what else do you want to tell us about the catalyst? What else went into it as far as emotions? Or do you feel like you kind of encompass that it was it was kind of a different song for me because uh yeah mostly like when i write i kind of start with the intention of of kind of writing like melodic dubstep this one just kind of it turned really dark like (laughs) it was Mm -hmm. kind of it was kind of unexpected how it happened i just kind of you know i had that that just super simple like dark kind of piano riff at the beginning that laid the foundation for the whole song and yeah just it it took a different turn than what i was uh, intending to write it just kind of it's really cool to see because that one really did it which is kind of like it like flowed from emotion 
creation I had nothing to do with with even like what I personally like to create you know yeah, <laughs> it's just awesome. kind of it was just kind of like uh, that's a cool song because I really I really feel like it's kind of it's kind of just a raw version of of me you know that's it's just awesome. kind of like me saying like hey this is this is me as a person that's awesome has that influenced all the songs that you've made thus far and you've tried to replicate that um not really actually <laughs> when I when I write music I generally I don't I don't have any sort of templates I know a lot of artists will like will like kind of set up their their DAW in a way that you know you have like a certain template so you can kind of like start and just kind of get yeah. into that that mindset sure. mm-hmm. I start from scratch every song mm-hmm. um, I rarely I rarely use the same sounds like there's a lot of lead sounds that I'll, I'll kind of like pull up and, and kind of like have to identify mm-hmm. me but um, I generally start from scratch on every song that I write so that's awesome and it kind of I like that because it kind of keeps it fresh it doesn't really you know yeah. you don't get in like the trend of, of sounding too similar <clears throat> I yeah saying. I feel like yeah, producer, I totally agree with you. And I feel like producers who do that, like, I'm not, like, bagging on you. Like, it's, like, people who ever do that kind of stuff, like, you do you. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I feel like it kind of, like, sets up to, like, be doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, you're doing the same setup, same chordal layers and all these different things, and depending on how, like, set up your template is. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I totally agree. This Starting is, from scratch is amazing. This is really interesting because, like, so, because I've heard both sides of the arguments now. Um, so, because most of the time I hear the opposite side of what you guys are saying, where it's like, get the template, it helps streamline the flow and everything. But you're saying is that actually by not having a template, it keeps you fresh, it keeps you uh, creating new things, and which is amazing. And so, uh, me personally, I kind of feel like I'm on the opposite spectrum of you, where it's like, I, I kind of need that, just so like I'm not doing the busy work of going in, here's the box track, here's the lead track, here's my yeah. side chain settings, you, yeah. know, you know, kind of a thing. So, it, at the end of the day, I feel like it's really what you are unique unique you uh you have your own needs you have your own creativity that sparks your emotion i mean it's just it's just like why we create different types of genres so if that works for you john high five yourself like that's like that's that's freaking awesome (laughs) and so no that's 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 absolutely fantastic so like in the future if you had to put on like a like a sense of like what success is to you like where would be a point in your career where you would believe that like you've made it people always want more and stuff but like think of just like a spot that you think that you'd be successful in like Like where I personally would view myself as successful yes honestly I think at that point is when I I feel like I feel like that's the point of when I feel like I can make a living from doing what I love Mm. it doesn't even have to be you know like like huge main stage performances I just want to be to the point where I can I can literally just do what I love full time Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and right now I'm, I'm definitely not at that point. I still have to have my day job, but I, I would say like, honestly, it's, it's where I can, I can really do what I love, you know, make people feel something, but, but really just being able to quit my day job and, and just focus full time on music would be awesome. Yeah. And I think, I think that would be the point that I'd, I'd realize, Hey, you know, this is, this is actually happening. I feel like you and I, we have, we have very similar, my, mine's yeah. a little bit different. And you, you, you as well. I feel like you, we're all basically in the same boat at this point, <laughs> as far as what we define as success. The triangle of three. Yeah, yeah, the triangle of three. This is this triangle. So I word it a little bit differently. I say um, what I define as success is creating the music that resonates with my soul while simultaneously being able to provide for me and my family. Right. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of where it comes down to. And I, I regret. I mean, is that your definition of success as well? Pretty much. Yeah. Just being able to financially support myself. And yeah. yeah. My 
future family. No, right. I, I completely agree because, I mean, really, if we thought about it, if we could wake up. Make music. Make music. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? awesome. You're making music. Uh, wife comes in. We feed the baby. Sure. Go back to making music. Yeah. And you're financially set. Like, you're fine. Holy crap. That sounds like the American dream. You know what I mean to me? <laughs> yeah. Like, that sounds absolutely amazing. So, no, that's fantastic. Similar question to what you just asked. If you could do anything, absolutely anything, whether it's music related or not, if you could do anything with absolutely zero percent of failure, you would succeed. No matter, you know, like, no matter what, you would succeed at this thing. What would you do? I, I mean, it would have to be music. Hands it would, down. yeah, because that's honestly, it's music is just, it is so, it's such a prominent thing in my life. It is something that I, has, I've relied on so long, and uh, it's just, it honestly is what I love most of all. You know, I've made a lot of sacrifices in my life just to kind of pursue this dream. Mm-hmm. You know, ones that I, I didn't ever think that I would have to make, but you know, here I am. So if, if I could, if there's one thing in life that, that I could just do with absolutely no failure it, it would have to be music what is it about music i mean is it is it uh, what where do you find the joy in in music is it in some people they love after they've created the music and they see how it resonates with other people that's that's their thing you know what i mean so like brendan he helps people who struggle with, uh, yeah. with addictions and, and, and temptations of suicide and stuff like that i love helping people through music to uh, to help them with their anxiety and depression you know what i mean he uh, he really really and the whole song about calling out is about it. I know we just talked about it, but go ahead. Basically just to have a song for every moment of life to help people in their struggles of downtimes or like enhance their good times. Yeah. So what about you? What do you feel like your, your purpose in music is or why, what is the deep driving force to keep you going? You know, for me, I feel like a lot of it is the emotional side because mm-hmm. when I, when I listen to music, when I listen to a lot of my favorite artists, a lot of it has a lot of what I'm listening to at that moment has a lot to do with how I'm feeling at that moment. Mm-hmm. Artists like seven lines and trivecta. They're very, they're very, very uh, emotion driven. They're very mm-hmm. powerful music, and so yeah. I, I like being able to resonate with that. And so that's kind of that's kind of why I want to do music because it's, it's a way to just kind of pour your emotions into a song and say, "Listen, I made this. Like this is me." And it's kind of an outlet. You know, it's very therapeutic. It's it's something mm-hmm. I do it. You know, I, I come home and I do music at the end of every day and you know when I first wake up you know it's it's just mm-hmm. kind of it's always there it's it's an outlet something that I can because like I said I'm not I'm not an emotional person by any mm-hmm. means I don't really like I don't like talk about it I don't like talking about my emotions I don't really like mm-hmm. uh, you know just being open about things I, sure. I generally bury my emotions in my music and so mm-hmm. yeah for me it's very much about the emotional side and I, I love being able to to see how people can kind of resonate with that you know when they listen to my music and they can relate and they can mm-hmm. they enjoy listening to, to something because they may be feeling the same way at that yeah. point in their life so I love that and then the other question I have for you is you uh, you live the life that you want you know you become a successful musician uh, you, you get married you have kids you, you know you you live a very happy life very very good life where you're able to meet all your goals and, and travel the world and, and you know just basically live the dream, right? You're on your deathbed. You turn over, you know, your firstborn son sitting there with you. And, you know, he's like, I'll be with you, dad, in the last moments. What is, you have, you know, you have one chance to give him one piece of advice to better his life. What is that? Oh, man. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, oh, I would I would have to say, um, I know it sounds kind of cl- cliche, but just pursue your dreams. Like, I know I know a lot of people say that. You hear that a lot. And, like, you know, especially when it comes to music, you know, always follow your dreams. And for a lot of people, that doesn't really work. But I think, I truly believe that if you want something bad enough and you work hard enough for it, like, it, you can be successful in whatever Absolutely. it is you pursue. You know, whether, whether that's just being a doctor or whether that's being, you know, a famous actor. You know, anything, anything. Yeah. As long as you try hard enough and you really learn the trade, I, I believe that anyone can can be successful. I absolutely agree. There's um, this just came to my mind, and it, it's 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 really 
I encourage you to watch it. I encourage you to watch it. I encourage myself to watch it again. It's a documentary on YouTube and it talks about the actual science of the, of the human brain. And basically inside of it, it states, and it, it's crazy. It basically states that you can learn anything, you, anything you wanted to. If you put in the time and you have the drive and you're willing to sacrifice anything to get there, you can learn anything. You can learn any talent. You want to be a tightrope walker, tight, tight walker, you can be it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to be a sushi chef, you can be a sushi chef. You yeah. know what I mean? It's actually like very few things you cannot do, like create a new element. But even maybe one day you can, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like, so for, uh, I agree with what you're saying and I don't think it's cliche. I actually think it should be stated a lot more. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's actually really funny is because uh, several years ago, I, I got really, really discouraged because um, I went to this uh, this multi-level marketing company meeting that, where they were trying to recruit people to, mm-hmm. to join their multi-level marketing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they were doing is they were going through all of the like different industries and kind of like like they gave like percentages. I don't know where they got their numbers from, but they gave percentages of, of how likely it was for people to be successful in that industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they got they got to the music and entertainment industry and 1%. That was what they, that was what they stated. I, again, I don't know where they got their numbers, but it was literally 1% that they, they stated that people would be successful in the music and entertainment industry. And so that was really discouraging to me at the time. I was like, mm-hmm. well, what am I doing? Why am I even bothering? You know, like if, if it's that unlikely that I'm going to succeed, why do I even try? Mm-hmm. So for a really long time, I was like, I was like, yeah, I want to do music, but it just, it seems so unlikely that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, like, like I said earlier, it wasn't until I had that, that paradigm shift of no, if this is, if this is something that I truly want, there can't be that fallback plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to pursue it. And, and it's like, things are happening because of that. And so if, yeah, if that's, if that's one thing I could, I could tell my son, you know, mm-hmm. on my deathbed, don't be discouraged and follow your dreams. Just, just pursue what you want. Yeah. That's awesome. It's very, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Even I don't think it's stated enough to be honest. I yeah. mean, could you imagine if every single teacher we ever had in school, every single leader, every single relative that was older than us, if they were to tell us that instead of make money or go to school to get money or, you know, yeah, you get know the safe about. job. Exactly. That doesn't have much exactly. risk. Well, it's, exactly. it's so like in the music industry or, or any industry like that, it's so people are so discouraging about it. You know, you tell them you're a musician and they just kind of like, they kind of scoff. Oh, yeah. you should get a real job. You yeah, know? Exactly. Like, Oh, that's yeah. that's how it's looked upon, and so it, it's it's really uh, yeah, you can't be said enough. Like, yeah, exactly. Which which bugs me so bad because you know like what they say they say there's not a lot of money to be made in the music industry. Let's break down the numbers just a little bit, okay? <laughs> so let's think about it like this. So what's what kind of money with someone that has a bachelor's degree in like any you know the most common uh, bachelor's degree there is? They're making anywhere between sixty to hundred grand a year. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's really good money. All right. I don't care what anyone says. That's really good money because there's people in Africa and parts of like Siberia where they make $5,000 a year. They literally get pennies a day to live off of. Mm -hmm. Right. So the difference between, you know, maybe, you know, taking the music industry and maybe living off $40,000 a year for a couple years and going to and getting a bachelor's degree and living off a hundred thousand dollars a year is a difference between I can go to the movie once this month or I can go to the movie five times this month. Yeah. All right. That's world. That's first world problems to the max. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Cause they're saying, Oh, you can't afford a new such and such car every year. You're not successful. Oh, you're, you can't afford this type of apartment. You're not successful, dude. I will take the crappy apartment and crappy car and still do what I love every day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As long as I got my family, 
family and my music and my friends. I don't care. Kind of just going off like what we're saying is <clears throat> I was talking with some friends from Icon when I was going there and we were saying how true the saying is the road or path to success is paved with quitters. It l- literally truly is. It is. Because if you think about all these people who are producers but and they just kind of give up on music. Like obviously, yeah, they're not going to go anywhere because they just gave up. Yeah. But if you never give up and you just keep pushing along as those quitters like keep going down, like there's nothing that can stop you as long as you don't ever give up and keep working hard, like you're bound to eventually make it. Like that yeah. saying is so true. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for meeting with us, dude. This was a pleasure to come into your home and to sit on your bed and to record this podcast. <laughs> so I really, really appreciate it. You also have a new song coming out with uh, with our friend Addie Danes, who goes by Adelaide. On the 30th? Yes. Uh, tell us more a little bit about that. Um, so this one I'm really excited for. Um, I think I think it's gonna I think it's gonna resonate really well with people. So mm. uh, it's one that, that me and Addie, Addie uh, I just kind of I, I put something together and I really really wanted a, a strong female lead and mm-hmm. you know Addie was the obvious choice. That's so awesome. She yeah she just has that perfect voice for like that style of electronic music. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah I'm really excited for this one. I think it's I think it's gonna be really really good. It's it's a very uh, very soft yet powerful vibe kind of uh, you know Elenium style uh, future bass I guess. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, so that's awesome, dude. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you so much, Amity, for coming here and being with me and being my wingman. So we'll end on that. <laughs> yeah, note. yeah, thank you guys. Hey, Daw Nation. Hope you enjoyed episode seven of Behind the Daw with Thrilogy. Really hope you were able to answer some of those questions concerning, you know, do I need to move to LA? Is going to school the best thing for me? You know, how do I define success in the industry? Things such as that. So hopefully that answered those questions for you. I just want to remind you about the links in the description about the Patreon giving suggestions about artists to come on the show and about private lessons. If you're interested in any of those, go ahead, click the respective links in the description. I'd be happy to talk to you to figure out your needs and what you need to do to become the music producer that you need to become. Again, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow, repost, whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're listening on, uh, such as SoundCloud, Spotify, Deezer, Google Play, YouTube, iTunes, whatever is appropriate, whatever you're using. It just helps us know that what we're doing is legitimate, that we're on the right path, giving you the things that you need to become the producers that you need to become. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Dot. And you know what? I'll catch you next week, all right? Thanks so much, Donation. We'll talk later.